It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. It is 5-11. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight with the phone lines open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is not here for the first time in a while, Bob. Matt's got a little vacation time, eh? Vacation, yes. I'm glad you didn't say he was on assignment, uh, assignment because that's... Has kind of disingenuous. Well, he is on assignment. He's on kid assignment. Well, that's true. Okay, so I'll give you that. But yeah, <laughs> Matt's hopefully not listening to us. Hopefully having fun with this kid. I think his uh, daughter made her birthday today. So awesome. Congrats. It, it might her. feel more like an assignment than a vacation. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but at least <laughs> he's fine. not working here. Nobody nobody made him have three children at under four. Nobody said, Matt, you have to do this. So good, it's kind of on him. Good point. Yeah. Have you told him that in person? Some version of that, yeah. <laughs> Scott Ritchie is here as well. How you doing, big fella? Good. You guys both survived Chicago last week, I assume. It's a little warm. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, several things to talk about from that. We're kind of kicking things around from football media days. Seems early because it was a week early. Yeah, don't do that again. See, let me call the Big Ten and say, listen, let's keep on the schedule here. Why do you have to do I assume it had to do, something to do with the hotel, right? Probably they had probably the magicians' union or something in next week, something that, or a circus or something going on, because I think they wanted to be there at the hotel, which is awesome. It, actually, the setup was great. It was the best place they have it by far because everything's close and everybody's easy to access and all that stuff. So it was a really good place to be. Not horribly far from here. So, but uh, the timing was horrible in my mind. Well, we're so used to having that, and then. Today, getting set for the start of practice. Right, the, the, exactly. The following uh, Monday, Tuesday or so, the, the players would have reported. But that is next week, so we're a week away uh, from that. It'll happen eventually, but it's, again, still, it's kind of weird. The coaches do, are going to say a whole lot last week, and they didn't. They didn't give us much new information. They gave, a little, gave us a little bit. Jim Harbaugh, nah, not my favorite. Maybe less than, than others, but... Right, not just, my favorite. Well, the fact is, I mean, they... Obviously, they've been keeping tabs on their team, but it's not oh, like yeah. they're out on the field working with them during Correct. the summer because they can't. That'd be well. Maybe some of them are sneaking it in. Well, they uh, shouldn't be. Not under the watchful eye of the NCAA. But the uh, best, but best thing by far would be to do this two weeks after they start camp. Of course, the, no coaches going to want to do that. But that'd be the best thing to have, actually have them see the teams, see who's all in teams, who was all back, and then come talk to us. But of course, that didn't work. Yeah, which is that's the the good thing about. Big Ten basketball media day as practices have been going Much on, better. you know, for a couple of weeks at least, and you know the season's a month away, and coaches have some things to talk about. They're all still lying, though. Well, I mean, everyone's going to be you know excited about their team and for the right. season, and that was the theme, you know, in Chicago. And then the the secondary theme was thanking Jim Delaney for all of the, the hard work he did. In the did last anybody not three do decades. that? Um, there were a couple that early. Didn't. 
first day. Because second day, everybody said, thanks, Commissioner. They came up with different ways to do it. Yeah, well, because they probably heard everybody the first day Correct. do it. So. Yeah, you got to do that. Better jump in on that, right? Oh, yeah. This probably wouldn't be possible. I suppose it could be if you if you went back and, and you had access to everything that was said over the course of those two days. How many times the word excited was used? A thousand, I would <laughs> guess. And you do have access, Steve. You could do that easily. All you did is a search and replace deal or find deal on your computer because every every um, transcript is available. So I, I'm it's pretty easy to find. I'll do the next week where I, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I, we could do that pretty easily. Yeah, and that would just would have been you know the coaches on the podium during the the part that was aired on TV. Right. The all of the other interviews that are going on, I imagine just like multiply it by five or something. It'd be, it'd be awesome if some coach got up there and said, I'm so bored. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm not excited at all. I, I hate my team. So that'd be awesome. But well, Joe Paterno didn't do that. He was always pretty day. frank. He was pretty frank. He'd say, good morning. Any questions? Right. <laughs> no messing around. Straight to the point. And, and of course, his 15 minutes got filled and would have been filled five times that if they had been allowed to do that. So nobody really pushed the envelope that way. You mentioned Jim Harbaugh. He seems to make news whether he wants to or not. And he had a couple of things to say that I took note of, a comment about Urban Meyer or two. Right. And, but he had some good things to say about Brandon Peters. And, and it would serve him no purpose at all to do anything but that. None, because you're going to play him. Right. So what you really don't want to do is fire up Brandon Peters. It was always already going to be really excited to play them if, if he's on the field. He'll be so thrilled to play that. So it'll be hard. Actually, I think it'll be hard for him to play them because he's going to try to. You always want the team that you left. You want to beat them, right? You want to come back. Uh, it happened in Trey Watson last year. Came back here and uh, actually hosted Illinois and killed them. And of course, got kicked one, out of the game. One part, of, yeah, one yeah. much of the it was a little game. too excited. <laughs> right, you get too excited. Exactly what I said about. It. So I think Brendan Peters will have to. Make sure they keep him calm. But a good thing for Illinois is Rod Smith, I believe, is probably, probably pretty good, good at that. So, Scott, how do you think the Illinois guys, the players, did up there? We'll talk about Lovey Smith um, also. But how do you think the, the players, Alex Palczewski, Nate Hobbs, and Reggie Corbin, did in that environment? Well, I mean, Illinois did a good thing by picking those three, um, all pretty – Comfortable, you know, talking with the right. media and I mean, especially Reggie Corbin, just you know, with last season as he kind of had you know that breakout year and was requested a lot, so right. he, he got to got his reps in before going to Chicago. But I mean, then you know, the things he's done off the field. I mean, just a really good representative of the program. Um, Alex Belcheski. I feel like you know, typical offensive lineman. All of them seem to you know be be pretty good you know with that, and then. And Nate Hobbs was kind of a – there was maybe some extra interest in him just because of a year ago at this time he would not have been one of the players right. selected to, to represent the team and made you know, quite the quite the change right. from being you know, suspended the first you know, few games of, of the 2018 season to now being, in a way, one of the, the faces of the team you know, when, you, when you're selected you know, to, to do something like that. Sometimes, Bob, I think it's good to fly under the radar – not always, though. And Illinois is kind of under the radar for the wrong reasons. Right. And that's, again, the poll of the media last week uh, picked Illinois not just last, but unanimously last. 
Everybody, all the 34 voters plugged Illinois 7th in the Big Ten West. So that's a bad thing. Did they get fewer points than Rutgers got? They did. And by three, I believe. Yeah. I, think, I assume Rutgers got a couple of sixes, probably three sixes. I voted Rutgers last, of course. But uh, <laughs> but I think you look at that. That's not a good representation. Now, what you have to do, in my mind, is change that thought. Because I promise, in 2006 or 2007, going into that year, I, I, if they had done a poll, which I don't think Doug was doing as yet, I doubt Illinois would have got – it would have been very similar. They are coming off 2-10. and ten. It would have been had no no buzz at all. Nobody thought anything of them, and they would have had the same kind of opinion. So what they did is they went out and beat a lot of teams, beat Ohio State, beat a lot of great teams. So that changed the opinion of them. So that's what this team, they really want to stop making us talk about how bad they are, be good. Pretty simple. Yeah. Well, one thing that Levy Smith said um, last Thursday was there's you know a team that comes out of nowhere you know, during the season. He's and right. He said, you know, that Illinois wants to be that team because they would be coming out of nowhere. I mean, right. With the consensus of them being the worst team in the West, um, that that's nowhere. I would argue that the buzz for, I mean, not the buzz, but the actual where they are in terms of program, uh, they, they were worse off in six and seven than this team was because this team's coming off four, four wins is better than two. They won two Big Ten games last year, so it's not completely devastated, but. That team was devastated, but they had, of course, Richard Mandel and Juice Williams and D.A. Lamb and, so that, and Martin O'Donnell, a lot, of, a lot of players. Well, the big concern, obviously, is the defense. Right. And it gave up 63 points three times last year, and that Iowa game kind of being late in the season kind of sticks in everybody's right. mind. And now with Lovey taking over the official title of defensive coordinator, I thought he was candid. Oh, yeah. In the fact that it's time to win. And it's time to get better. And He knows. A lot of times when you're talking about getting better, better than what? Better than you were last year? That's, that's the start. Better than other teams on your schedule? I mean, there's, there's steps to it. Right. And that's the tricky part, as we continue to point out, is that the schedule Illinois faces this year, eight teams that went to polls last year. And the, a ninth team they play is Nebraska, which is 4-8, and eight, was 4-8, and is considered the Big Ten West, I'd say, co-favorites with Iowa. So you're talking about eight teams that win in balls and a ninth that's really good, thought of as really, thought of really well. So that part is a problem for Illinois. They should win the first three easily, but after that, you really it's really a crapshoot. Other than Rutgers, I don't think there's any sure win on Illinois' schedule. Other, after the first three and Rutgers, I said there's no sure win. Well, you say you sh- they should win the first three games easily and that may be accurate they should but i know it was last year but akron went into northwestern and won they lost a lot of guys off the team i understand that right new coach eastern michigan went into west lafayette and won. right good great point they again lost a lot of players they have a good coaching staff they have a good uh idea where they are that they'll probably contend in the in the mac but it's still different than coming here and it over over time generally not always Generally, when the Big Ten plays a MAC team, or Illinois plays a MAC team, they win the game. There's some exceptions, of course. Western Michigan a couple times has been tough, but I think that's it. So we'll see what happens. Phone line is open if you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk, 356-9397. Did you uh, vote for Michigan or Ohio State in the East? I voted for Ohio State because I have them higher than my national rankings. Mm -hmm. Uh, My top 25, I'll have Ohio State four. 
I had Michigan down 13-12. I don't love Michigan quite as much as everybody else, probably because I don't really like the head coach. But that's not <laughs> only it. There's some other things about them that I concern me, I guess. And the fact that they've not played well against the teams they should beat. Ohio State last year, you know, they lose every, every year to them. What is, are they 0 for 7? Is that right? They yeah. last one in 11. That's tough. So I, I want to see them do it on the field. Plus their schedule is nasty too. They've got Notre Dame. Yeah, but they've got Notre Dame and Ohio State both in Ann Arbor. Yeah, but Notre Dame's still going to be pretty good. And, and that's in the middle of the Big Ten schedule right. too. The, it's not early like it has been. They opened against each other last year. Right. And I, I just think that Ohio State's got a little bit more going for it. They've got a little more offense. They've got a little more, even though we don't, we don't know about the quarterback completely, but i got a feeling he's going to be pretty good. The rest of their offense is going to be strong, strong and defensively. they got guys. Literally, you could take the second team for, from Ohio State, and they would drastically improve the Illinois team right now. I heard some people talking about uh, Ohio State – doesn't have anybody to replace Dwayne Haskins. Well, if Dwayne Haskins was there, I'm not sure he would have that kind of year again. Right. He threw 50 touchdown passes. Right. He was pretty good. And, uh, yeah, they, al- they always have a guy. They always have two or three guys at times. But, yeah, there, there's no shortage of talent there. And I also think, I think Ryan Day was a good hire because he knows the plays. The players know him. The program knows him. But I also think he's, he's a guy that was going to be one of those guys you were talking about. So I think I believe that's it was a good selection. They could have hired somebody, maybe a bigger name, but I think this works pretty well for them. Scott, did you listen to the new Ohio State coach much? And if so, what were your impressions of him? Well, I, I did, and you know, he spoke a lot of you know, kind of about just kind of making continuing what. Ohio State has been and yeah, having know. Urban Meyer as a as a neighbor. Yeah, so it's, he <laughs> right. could, and apparently, I mean, he's already, I mean, tapped that resource and why wouldn't several he? times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, say what you want about Urban Meyer and what what Jim Harbaugh said was factual, but he also won a lot of football games. But I mean, I mean, Ryan Day showed on those first three games of the year that when he was the you know, I guess interim right. head coach during Meyer's suspension that he can run the team and I think the fact that he's you know on the offensive side of the ball will help them because they do have a new quarterback you know with you know, Justin Fields loads of talent not sure what he'll look like on the field just because he hasn't he didn't you know obviously you know play you know much at all at Georgia but I think that'll be a, a good you know transition to have a head coach that has a, a background as an offensive coordinator qu- quarterbacks guy the one thing that's interesting I heard about Ohio State relative to Michigan is Urban Meyer apparently every year all the time prepared for them all the time. They were always part of the plan. Now I think plan for that game. And no no coach would ever admit to doing that but they have admitted. That's why we do. We're going to beat you every time. We want to beat you every time. We're going to talk about you all the time. We're going to do something about Michigan every year. And that's so smart because What's the, the most important thing we talk about? When we talk about Urban Meyer, he won the title. But what would he talk more about first? He beat Michigan every time. We talk about that. And that's the most important thing, the, those people, those, those two schools. So why not take, a, take five minutes every practice, and we're going to have Michigan plays now. Sure. Why wouldn't you do that? I would do that. I think every school should pick out the team they hate the most and work on them. So Illinois, every year, all the time, should work on Northwestern. 
let's prepare for Northwestern all the time. I've got a feeling Pat Fitzgerald does the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised. 26 minutes after the hour, we'll talk some more Big Ten football. We've got some basketball stuff to talk about as well on Monday night sports talk. We'll talk about Big Ten football divisions. i got an idea for you, and uh, we'll do that when we come back after we take our first time out on Monday night sports talk here on DWS. Welcome back, everybody. Monday night sports talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Matt Daniels. On vacation, Bob Osmussen is here, Scott Ritchie is here, yours truly Steve Kelly is here. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's go to the phones and say howdy ho to Carl. What do you say, Carl? Hey, guys. I uh, wanted to mention, first of all, we had a coach here at Illinois who, who emphasized uh, getting ready for Michigan all the time back when Lou Tepper was doing it. Right. Good point. But, it worked pretty and well, too. We played good games against them, too. Yeah. Um, there there are three, as I see it, there are three things I would like to see overall improvement on that I think could get Illinois six wins or more this season. If they could cut down on the yards after contact defensively in half, number one. Number two, have more sustained drives on offense to go along with the big plays because the offense relied, I think, too heavily on the big plays to accomplish what they needed to. And something that people never talk about, but I think the kick returners and the punt returners actually need to catch the ball. That, that could be solve a big problem. That's usually helpful. And I really, when everyone has been good... And I'm talking last time really good in 2007. That part of the game was was pretty solid or better than solid. They had threats. They had people that could score touchdowns or you, a 30 yard punt return is huge, huge play. And likewise, a long punt is a huge play too. So I think you're right. That's a great point, McCarl, about the special teams. You're right. Uh, Lou, Lou Tepper definitely emphasized Michigan. So. What, what else yeah. did you say about the uh, other team? Oh, yards, uh, yards after contact. I think Levy Smith must talk about that once in a while, certainly. Yeah, making tackles, kind of a That's big deal. That's not a hard thing to do, you yeah. would think? Yeah, that'll help. And the sustained drives, the problem with this, you really ne- you never want a guy to fall down when he's at you know, 70 yards. You can't flop on the ground and, and take four, four more plays. But I think the reality of that I is – I don't want to take away those plays, but right. I want to be sure – you can get the five, and the, you can grind it out. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure you know, this offense is kind of grinded out. That way. Yeah, cause, I mean, and so. last year was, I mean, lots of big plays by it Reggie was. Corbin, Dre Brown, Dominic Sampley had a couple, and then other than that, the offense kind of floundered a little bit. Right. But maybe that in year two <laughs> with Rod Smith, everyone knowing the offense, except you know maybe the quarterback, because imagine that'll be a new person, but – uh, would imagine it that would be better. But Should be better. We'll see. Yeah, because I I look I remember looking at the Rutgers game, which Illinois won, but it seemed like eighty percent of the yardage was on four plays. Yeah, something like something close to that. You definitely wanted to hold the ball as best you can, especially when your defense is terrible, which it was last year. You need to hold the ball. And if, you, if you're, you're right, if you're getting a touchdown on, on seventy yard run, 
you're good that's the dives what 10 seconds so you got to do a little bit but more than that and so i don't know that's just that's just my opinion i'm sorry don't anyway, don't ever uh, apologize for having an opinion no nah, that's all right we don't know what we're talking about what the <laughs> heck i know that <laughs> we're tossing balls but, in the air right here you might as well join us hey we appreciate you taking time okay. to call carl thank you thanks carl Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to join us here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Let's talk divisions a minute. Of course, we got rid of the leaders and legends. Thankfully. I still know, have no idea which one Illinois was I, in. I, I think forget leaders. Myself. I think I think, leaders. I think you're right. That's right. And how they came up with those, only somebody knows. Somebody was <laughs> drunk. and they, said, <laughs> they, threw a, they put a bunch of names on the board of things they could name it. I would have gone with like Grange and somebody else, Grange and Griffin, would have been my idea. I, I like the directional. You can I'll say east and west seems to work. Exactly. I well. joked about north, north and south. I, I joked about north right. and the south would be maybe kind of because you know Wisconsin, and Minnesota's in there for sure, and the, then the rest of it could be pretty much anybody. Well, the west uh, and the east as as it is now, and the east has been the last few years well, since they changed the names, the most dominant one. Right. The West is uh, trying to make a comeback, and perhaps it will. Maybe it's all cyclical, but you've got Ohio State and and uh, Michigan on the same side, along with Penn State and Michigan State. Pretty and tough. It's pretty top-heavy there. Yeah. And you had a, a little thing in the paper this morning. You, you flipped a couple of teams, didn't I you? I did. I moved Michigan to the West, and then I put sent Northwestern to the East. I joked they have better airports. <laughs> I figured that would make it easy for everybody to travel there. But I, I like the idea of... I I like the idea of having the Buckeyes and Wolverines split up because I think it's okay it's it's okay to me if they meet at the end of the season and potentially play in the title game. I think that's fine. Two games, two Michigan Ohio State games every year would be kind of cool. I'd be all well, for that, and wouldn't happen necessarily. Yeah, it wouldn't every be year. every year. So no. I think it's fine. I think they should consider that. I think it would give maybe the teams. Right. I think right now you're right. The East is so good. I don't see a fall for Ohio State or Michigan. Michigan State might be a little more of an up and down thing. Penn State, again, they seem like they're in pretty good shape right now. The West is just, just doesn't have that consistent power other, other than Wisconsin. I like the idea of no division. You said that. Mm-hmm. The main thing there and would, an eight game schedule. Oh, I don't like that. Seems like the coaches are well, very interested in eight games. They like that, of Jim course. Delaney, not interested in that no. at all. No, and they should But he's be. on his way out, so maybe Kevin Warren will maybe, uh, maybe a, they'll go game six-game <laughs> six conference schedule. I'm kind of annoyed by the SEC schedule. SEC is obviously a great league, no question about that. But when you look at the Alabama schedule, and they're playing, of course, they're playing great teams in the conference. Out of conference, they're playing – Slippery Rock. And they're playing good teams in the conference. It's top to bottom, the SEC is not great. Right. And so they're playing, but out of the conference, they're playing maybe one game. Right. Now, I just I just wrote a preview about um, L- A&M. And they play Clemson in the second game of the season at Clemson. Okay, who did that? Anyway, but uh, they're, so they're playing a world team. But other than that, that the rest are not conference. Their th- other three games literally are the News Gazette, WDWS All-Stars could be the teams they're playing. <laughs> so that's, to me, not a good thing. Honestly, if you want to really be, prove yourself, play good teams. And the scheduling right now is unfair. When you got the SEC playing eight games in, in the conference and the Big Ten and Pac-12 playing nine games 
it's not the same thing. It's unfair. It's not right. And obviously, of course, the SEC is going to get more teams in the playoffs. Of course they are. Why Why wouldn't they? they got an advantage, huge advantage. Well, regardless of how many games you play, I like the idea of no divisions. Right. I mean, you just take the top two teams. That part is cool. The problem I would have there is I, I do like the concept. I think you'd have to have, have the schedule. It'd have to be, be pretty balanced. It had, had to make sure, of course, you had to protect those rivalry games. Illinois yes. have to lay Everybody would games. have two or three. Right. Let's say three. Everybody would have three but then protected games. The problem with all of this all the time is when you look at the schedule, like the teams in the West right now, I know Nebraska has kind of a favorable schedule against the East this year. They play one good team on the East side. And you look last year, they I think they had all three. They had Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. So I think – it's hard to get that figured out. Year to year, teams change. It's hard to get make it. So again, you want it to be very as balanced as you can make it. The other thing, I'd like to see two year schedules, like two. Mm-hmm. So Illinois plays Indiana this year and next year, home and away. Do it like that. If you can do that, maybe that doesn't work from a technical standpoint. But I'd try something like that. I don't think any of our phones are going to ring when it's time to talk about divisions. They're not going. No. They're going to listen to us. I mean, they should. Maybe should maybe so, but they and we do. Of course, somebody else is going to have that same idea. It's not we wouldn't yeah. do like legends leaders for sure. We would uh, <laughs> skip that thing. <laughs> we would have provided some really good feedback on legends yeah. leaders. Like, if, don't. They, they clearly you're right. They clearly didn't ask anybody because everybody, everybody with a brain was said, "What are you doing? What are you? Are you insane? What are you? You're trying to confuse everybody. That's plan, right? We're trying to fool people." I just didn't get it. I still don't get it. One final football note, then we'll talk some basketball, Illinois basketball, and the local high school basketball. There's going to be a lot of high school players in town. Talk about that in a moment. Mike Loxley at uh, the Big Ten right. Football Media Days. Did you get a chance to hang around with him I did. Bit? I did. He was uh, himself, which is good. He's funny. He's interesting. He's got a great story. He's got a lot of things he's seen over, the to- over time. Obviously, he has a great interest in what happened in Alabama the last couple of years. He was part of that. I think it, I think for Maryland, everybody I talked to about him said, easy hire, great hire, and he's going to win it. And I believe that. I think he will, he will win there. Now, it's not going to be easy because that place is obviously they're in the wrong division, first of all. But they also have some internal things that go back our ways way before Mike Laxley got there. So uh, we'll see. I think he'll win more this year than we think they should think down the road he'll be a consistent bowl team there. And I think he's only he's not quite fifty yet, I think maybe this year. So he's got long he could have long, nice run there. I'd be really happy for him. Five forty is the time. Monday night sports talk. We'll take a break. We'll turn our attention to a basketball coming up. We'd love to hear from you. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number back after this. Steve Kelly, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie back on Monday night sports talk at Bond with us as well. Phone line open, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us to talk some football, basketball, whatever else might be on your mind on this Monday night. I don't know when the last time I looked at the thermometer and said 79 degrees. That's what it is right now. I reversed those numbers last week. Yeah, uh, it was very pleasant today. Like I, I'm all for that the rest of... July and August. Or and forever. Yeah. I take this weather literally every day. It was nice on the golf course, a little bit of a breeze, not much humidity. Right. So essentially just the 180 from 
last yeah. week where there was no breeze, 100% humidity, yeah. and just miserable weather. Good stuff. But uh, this does feel a lot better. Let's talk some basketball. There's an NCAA Youth Basketball Academy in town. Matter of fact, I'm guessing the players are here and getting set to uh, get rosters or teams picked out of the uh, rosters and get uh, going with games tomorrow. Your thoughts on that? Uh, what, uh, as you, uh, Scott, uh, as you lo- have looked at that and looked at the schedule and looked at how it's going to lay out with two sessions this week, what are your thoughts about this and how do you think it's going to go? I mean, I guess I have like zero expectations for this. I mean, it's the first year. Um, don't know how it's going to run. I mean, I mean, I know what's going to happen. I mean, they have skill workouts and individual stuff in the mornings. Uh, I guess there's like life lesson seminars as well, and then they'll play games. And the we after- need those. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the afternoon, and the evenings. So like <laughs> that part of the schedule is set, but like. I'd really like them to get these teams picked so I kind of know where I need to be because there are certain players that um, I want to get out and see. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one fewer Illinois recruiting target than initially uh, I thought there would be. Um, Luke Kasubke, who's a class of 2020 wing out of Chaminade, was listed on the original rosters that came out um, I guess last week mm-hmm. sometime. Uh, as I was going through both sessions today, uh, he's no longer coming. So that uh, leaves Davian Bradford, who's also out of St. Louis, a 2020 recruit, and then Jalen Bridges, a four-star wing um, from West Virginia, who will be here for the first session. And Bridges is kind of the big one because Illinois is definitely after him, you know, pretty heavy. And uh, they get kind of, since they're hosting this academy, they get kind of a freebie visit from him. And they can't, obviously, you know, treat it like a unofficial or official visit, can't show him. Coach staff can't take him around, but right. he'll be on campus, get a chance to probably play at Ubbin or at State Farm Center. So that's that could be good. But in terms of the players that are here, there's more I don't know than I know. Um, there's seven total four-star recruits uh, out of the about 300 players that will be in Champaign this week and then 15 more three-star kids. Uh with a few others that are kind of borderline, you know, three-star. So there is some talent. Maybe some under-the-radar guys pop up. Um, maybe one of the more interesting players um, that's going to be here is Mason Miller. It is Mike Miller's son, uh, the former Florida Gator, uh, NBA right. champ, now an assistant coach at Memphis. So I don't know that anyone's going to put any time recruiting Mason Miller because if his dad's still working <laughs> at Memphis uh, with Penny Hardaway, uh, it seems to would probably be where he lands. But uh, – He's a four-star recruit in the 2021 class. Uh, and kind of, I'm interested in seeing him play because he has kind of blown up this summer. He's played really well. And some of the top players, especially, uh, say, the top 100 or so, they're elsewhere this week. Uh, they're they're uh, at some other camps, so they will not be here. Yeah, oh, like the USA Basketball has their junior national team mm-hmm. training camp um, Friday through Sunday in Colorado Springs. and. Several Illinois recruiting targets there, uh, including you guys like Adam Miller, uh, Max Christie, and uh, A.J. Casey, kind of the top three players in the state in the 2020, 2021, and 22 classes. They'll all be there. And um, then there's some guys that just aren't going to be anywhere. Like that, If there was uh, another maybe AAU event going on, they'd be there, but they 
played all spring and summer after playing all winter. So I think a lot of guys are just going to take the, the final week of July off. Don't these guys have jobs? No offense. I'm just kidding. But the kids don't get to have summer anymore. I, I really, no. That's really unfortunate. I really think that. I think if, I was, if it was up to me, sports would be shut off for like a two-month period during the, during the summer. Go out and do whatever. Go work at the pizza. I don't care. Do Go do something. I really think this is insane. I re- well, to agree? do that, Bob, though, you'd be taking money out of Nike's pockets right, and I do Under that, Armour's pockets and Adidas pockets, and they're not going to go for that, so they're going to host events in the spring right. and summer. That's really unfortunate to you me. Remember when I said they're not going to consult us on Big Ten divisions? Correct. They're not going to consult same, us on this either. Same thing, right. <laughs> but uh, the games, some of the games are open to the public, the games that are played at the State Farm Center. Not enough space to get a lot of people in the, the games at the Ark and, right. and Dubbin. But yeah. you can go into uh, State Farm Center, just walk in, no cost, free parking. Now, it'll be nice, as you mentioned, when you start seeing the rosters and seeing the game times. Yeah, because I'd like to get my schedule set for the week and see where I'm going to have to be. And I'm hoping like the players that I've got on my list aren't going to be playing at 1030 at night because like, that's like the last... Nine thirty or ten o'clock is like the last game of the day. I'd prefer to like all the guys I need to watch to play early in the afternoon for deadline purposes. Well, it'd be clearer to people who the players are based on based on what they wear or whatever. What what we know. If I want to look for a certain player, will I be will it be easy to spot that guy if I don't know what he looks like? Right. Um, I hope so. That'd be helpful because otherwise. I have no idea what some of this you don't you know what everybody looks like, but I don't. Well, this know. is yeah. a, this well. Is I know a, what of the three hundred players or so they're going to be on campus this week. I know faces for very few of them. Okay, but some. But the ones I need to know, I know. Right. And then obviously, like Price Bonkat, Champagne Central, Grant Coleman from Muhammad. I know the two local kids. Right. Other than that, though, it's uh, there's a lot of things. Fingers crossed, I'm going to recognize these. Kids. This is the maiden voyage of this, so there, there's a lot of things that they're doing for the first time. Yeah, and, and they're doing it here and at three other sites. So yeah, and the NCAA hasn't done something like this before. Why do you think the NCAA wanted to do something like this? Well, it was partially their answer to the scandal in college basketball mm-hmm. from what, fall 2017, where the four assistant coaches were arrested and charged with you know, accepting bribes uh, in relation to trying, you know, funneling recruits to different, you know agents or shoe companies or, or what have you. And I think and so they say like, well, we're going to control a portion of the recruiting calendar now and keep it clean. No outside influence you know, allowed. And we'll see what, we'll see if it works. We'll see what kind of tweaks there are going to be. Cause I imagine there will be tweaks to this after the first go around. Um, and we'll see what, how, you know, how the NCAA handles it. What they did manage to do was take off about every AAU coach in the country. I'm, I'm good this. with that. Noble effort by the NCAA. If, if it's a complete disaster, I'll feel bad, feel bad for them. But I think it's a good idea to try to do something different because the way it was done before it did not work. Well, I mean, it did. It also just had a CD underbelly. Uh, yes, so, that, so it that's, didn't work. Because there was a CD underbelly. Yeah, which will There's, still that exist not even e- if the NCAA Well, that's true, but it doesn't exist in football. So it's not, or it's not nearly as severe in the summer. There is a website for this if you want to keep up with what's going on. And you, once you get the schedule, I'm sure we'll put it up on our website as well. 
but uh, the NCAA.com slash College Basketball Academy. At some point, uh, I would hope that we would see how the teams break out. Yeah, because right now, I mean, they have the schedule up for like when the games are and the rosters but and not just the teams. overall rosters, right. but yeah, not but not the teams. So there's going to be about 145 students, student athletes in each session, 137 in the second. But it goes starts tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday with a whole other group. Yeah, and the first session players started arriving today um, in Champaign, and then the second session guys will show up on Thursday, which is there's just like I think maybe two sessions worth of games on Thursday. It's kind of a, the shorter day for the first session, and then they transition and then restart the whole thing. It's kind of uh, neat that Illinois gets to have that number of kids on its own campus. However, all the Illinois coaches aren't going to be just staying here. they got to go other places to, to watch uh, the other uh, sites of this, and there'll be some of the, the ones out in Colorado Springs watching that. Yeah, um, so I'm trying to think. One of the other academies in, is in Houston, and uh, this might have changed, but uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton, he's a four-star wing out of Canada, supposed to be there. Um, and then I think there were three guys that were going to be at UConn, um, including – uh, Zed Key, um, who's a power forward out of uh, Long Island Lutheran in New York, he's had a really good, really good spring and summer. Is kind of had a, a breakout performance, and then uh, Brandon Weston, who actually plays at Morgan Park and from Akron Fire, but he's originally from New York, so maybe he's going to be out there to see family or something because he'll be uh, out in uh, in Connecticut as well. So are we pretty much done after this week? Yeah, um, with playing, I mean. So yeah, so Sunday Summer is the yeah. the last day of the evaluation period, and then it jumps into a dead period, and like the the twenty eighteen nineteen recruiting calendar is over at that point. So it flips to the next school year, but um, August is pretty much either dead or quiet, and kind of continues that. Does the clock start again in August for the number of official vil- visits? Illinois would have should because yeah. since the recruiting calendar mm-hmm. turns over, yeah. um, so who's going to pop first? Who's going to pop next? <laughs> you haven't been asked that in the last at least in the last hour. The yeah, um, well, I'd say of twenty twenty recruits, Illinois is probably in the best place with uh, either Adam Miller uh, out of Morgan Park or Ryan Kalkbrenner, the seven footer out of um, Trinity Catholic in St. Louis. Whether they pop first or not, we'll see, but. Um, have certainly made you know those two guys you know, pretty clear priorities. Adam Miller, in particular, I mean, he had an Illinois offer after his freshman season at Emmanuel, and that was John Gross. But then it was pretty quickly like, can reaffirmed, or however you want to phrase it, by by Brad Underwood. Five fifty-five Monday Night Sports Talk. Need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. Stay with us. Steve Kelly, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, talk to Illinois football. You got some volleyball uh, news or a volleyball story of some kind coming tomorrow, right? Yeah, Scott? just kind of an update. I uh, talked with Chris Thomas, and uh, Illinois coaches are out of the gym during the summer because they can't have any contact you know, with their players. And uh, talked with him about that. I said reports he's getting are good, but also the NCAA volleyball coaches are trying to kind of get what basketball has, where they at least they get are. some time in the gym with their team during the summer. So uh, kind of talked about that, but yeah. You know, after a Final Four run last year, even losing some players, I th- the Illinois volleyball team should still be you know, pretty good. 
This time next week, Bob, we'll be talking about uh, the players having officially reported and getting on the field. Right. Crazy. It's coming so fast. It's coming, and uh, not much we can do about it. No. uh, Look forward to it every year. We'll get excited about that. Oh, yeah. I'd be good. Bob, thank you, sir. Sure. Anytime. Scott, always good to visit with you. Matt Daniels, we expect him, if he survives his time with his kids, to be back next week. We hope so anyway. On Monday Night Sports Talk here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond as well for helping us produce the show. This is Steve Kelly for the guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good evening, everybody.